Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good whatever time of day you're watching this. Thank you for doing so. I'm Nelson, the founder of 360 Degree Ministries, where the love of Christ must come full circle. And this week we are continuing our unit on spiritual growth, the basics. And just to summarize what we've done so far, we've talked about how why spiritual growth is important, that God wants us to continue pressing. There's no neutral, there's only forward and backward. And last week we went a little bit deeper. We went on the first of our typological examples. We talked about Abraham and kind of his journey, if you will. And the reason why we're doing these journeys is that we're talking about journey, we're talking about relationship, we're talking about friendship, because these are these are fundamental elements of uh, spiritual growth, and we're going to talk about what that looks like in the later uh, session of this unit. But this week, what we want to do is we want to talk about David, our second typological example. And before I even get into David, one thing I really want to say is that in our, in our spiritual growth, you know, the Bible does tell us in Philippians 3 to press towards the mark. However, I would also argue, because that's important, but I would also argue it is the pressing process, the the growth, the journey that makes us appreciate God. It's, it's how the relationship is developed. It's how the friendship is developed. And the reason why I bring this up is because who is David? Because even in the pop culture, all we know is David, David versus Goliath. And I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. But what I want to talk about right now is, is the initial characterization of the, the, the general characterization of David in God's eyes is a man after God's own heart. How many of us want to be men and women after God's own heart? Now, keep that in mind. Now, let's look at his journey. Ooh, we we go. We going to dive. We going to dive straight into the scripture. We going to dive straight into the scripture because we, 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 we have to. So, I mean, his origin comes all the way to First uh, Samuel 16. We're going to dive straight into the scripture. We're going to we we. we couple to read. We got a couple to read. So uh gonna be first uh Samuel sixteen verses uh one through thirteen and the scripture is as follows The Lord said to Samuel well how long will you grieve over Saul but since I have rejected him from being king of Israel fill your horn with oil and go I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I have provided for myself a king among his sons and Samuel said how can I go if Saul hears it he will kill me and the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint for me him who I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited him to the sacrifice. When they came, they, he looked on Eliab and thought, sure the Lord's anointed us before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. A man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and the Lord and, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And, Je and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, All your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for you will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. 
And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Ramah. What's really important that I want to talk about, there's, there's, there's so many different things to talk about here. We'd be all night talking about them. All day, all night, whatever, whatever time of day you're watching this. <laughs> but what I want to talk about in, in, in the context of this lesson is for spiritual growth, God has a goal for us in mind. He has a purpose for us in mind. He has a mark for us to press towards specifically. But where we start out don't matter. You always hear that, oh, it's almost an anecdote. Now, it's in the scripture, but it's kind of anecdotal, kind of kind of cliche at this point. God doesn't call, he doesn't, he doesn't call, he doesn't call it, he doesn't call it equip. He equips the call. Look, look at the, and look at this. Even, even God say, I don't see like a man see. That's why they call it spiritual growth. <laughs> Y'all not following me on this one. Oh, did I, did I do a churchy thing again? Oh. Just yeah, forgive me. So, so you know, so you know, he's he's a, he's a, he's he got his spot, and now David is gonna go in the see gonna go into Saul's court, and you know the whole the whole deal with him and Saul and all that kind of stuff, and he kind of grew, and then Saul was Saul kind of got the shakes about David and all kind of stuff like that. But then we get to then we get to the rise of David. We get to the rise of David. Now we at David and Goliath. Now we at David and Goliath. And this is where, at our point, in our spirit. And this is so the, the the spiritual growth context for this is is that as we grow, as we grow, as we get that word in us, we feel like we can do whatever. We feel like we can do it. We feel like we can do whatever we want. I would argue. I would argue that David. Is in his big phase when he slays Goliath because he was bucked up. He was bucked up for God. He was bucked up for God. He was so bucked up for God. Now watch this here because we're gonna we're gonna just go to it. First uh, Samuel seventeen. Got a few more scriptures to read. Gonna start with twenty four through twenty seven, and then we immediately gonna skip to forty to to, to fifty one. So we got some scripture to read, and it is as follows. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and make him, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine that takes away the reproach from Israel? For this, who is the uncircumcised Philistine so that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him? David was bucked up. Verse 40. Then he took off his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand. He approached the Philistine. Then the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. For the for the, and the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you have come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear with, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will strike you down and, I, and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies to the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth that may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And the Philistine arose and, and came and drew near to meet David. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put a hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it in him struck the Philistine on his forehead and the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword on the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head. When the Philistine saw that his ch their champion was dead, they fled. David was bucked up. He was fired up for the Lord. Straight goon for Jesus up in here. Boy, who you think you is? I'm about, I'm about to do you with your own sword. Ooh-wee. He was fired up. And that's how we get when we get that momentum in the first part of our spiritual walk. That babe phase. We get some words in us and God start doing stuff to us. He start loving on us. And we start rolling. And we start doing what we need to do. Man, it's some beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff. But then we get to, then we get to that sonship phase, and we start we start that we start to think we got it all. We start to think we got it all together. We start to think we got it all the world. What we know is not what we think. We, what we think we know ain't what we know. It ain't it ain't it ain't was for real. Watch David. So David becomes king, right? David becomes king, and then he kind of then he then he then he gets complacent in his walk. Don't ever get complacent in your walk. You ain't never arrived. You ain't never arrived. There's always something. There's always something great. There's always the next step. There's always something after where you at. But David didn't think so. So David got lazy. David got complacent, and even David even got entitled. We gonna, we gonna let's take a look at David's entitlement in first Sam, in second Samuel rather, chapter eleven. I think y'all know where we going. And the scripture is as follows: In the spring of the year, the time. The kings go out to battle. David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, where he saw from, from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messages and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from an from her uncleanness. And she returned to her house and the woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Boy, what you done did, David? Boy, what you done did? Why you were not at war fighting with your people? The, the, the Bible clearly states that's what you were supposed to be doing, but David was like, nah, I think I'm going to chill. I think I, I like her over there. I think I'm going to have her over there. It ain't everybody peace. It ain't everybody peace. It ain't everybody peace. But David, David was in some trouble. I want to read one more scripture, and then I want to, then I want to, um, kind of, kind of summarize some things because David, David was eventually restored. Matter of fact, we're gonna bypass this part because this is too fresh. This is too fresh. So because of, so because of David's transgression, because you know, after after this, you know, after this, you know, he he sent the husband to go die, and he married Bathsheba, and then then he had the first kid that died, and he eventually got Solomon. It was just, it was a whole bunch of chaos, disorder, and dysfunction. And David was lucky to be restored to his post. Why? 
because I want to talk about two things in spiritual growth. When we get stagnant, we don't even necessarily have to get stagnant or entitled in our spiritual growth. If we aren't just diligent over the things that are, that are, that are attacking us spiritually, then, then, then our sin becomes persistent. That's the Hebrews 10.26 piece. Our, our, our sin becomes persistent and systematic in our business. It becomes a behavior pattern. It's a destructive behavior pattern. I want to talk about a concept real, real quick. Private sin versus public sin. Now, remember, the, the New Testament talks about two or three witnesses all the time. Private sin is always something you do where two or three witnesses can't pop up and say, yeah, that's him. For whatever it is. Now, David, David's transgression obviously became very public because David had to go duck off in the wilderness somewhere because he was under siege because God was like, golly, bro, I got to, I, I got, to, I got, I got, I, I got, I got, I got to show you. I got to show you where you was wrong. I got to show you where you was wrong. And, 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 and God put a little whooping on, on, on David over there because that happens to us a lot of times when we get too big for our britches and we, and we, and we, and we do these things and it's just, oh my goodness. It's, it's heavy. It's heavy because when we get the public sin and everybody know, then you got whole entire places where you, where you discredited at this point, but God can still provide the grace necessary that you aren't so discredited that you can't even pursue your purpose no more. The old saying goes, you can't be fired from your purpose. You can't be fired from your purpose, but you can show fail to get there. So don't so don't die spiritually trying to trying to think you didn't you didn't you 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 got it all together because we, we ain't got it all together. We ain't none of us got it all together. That's not how that works. So I was gonna do another typological example, but I think you kind of get the point with the two that I've given. You know, I don't normally go to the old testament, so we didn't we didn't did these two. Um hit me up uh on social media if you want to hear about that third typological example. But for the main unit, I think I'm gonna skip to uh next week. We're gonna talk about the meat and potatoes of spiritual growth. We're gonna talk about the meat and potatoes. Now this one gonna be we talk we, we talking about the basics, but this one gonna this last this next session gonna be kind of intense. Hope y'all ready. I love each and every one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another, and have a great weekend, folks.